This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast. I call it aluminium, you know, aluminium cans. How do you call, how do you pronounce? Ah, yes, aluminium cans. Yes, yes, I've heard of them. You watch Wheeler Dealers, right? Oh, Wheeler Dealers, yeah, by far. You know the original was Sanford and Son. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Maddie called the guy with the orange gloves the Oompa Loompa Man. Who is it? Remember the the original guy with Mike, and then the other guy that had the the orange big orange gloves. So he didn't get oh, oil. Oh yes, yes. The tall guy. Yes. She called him the Oompa Loompa man. You probably <laughs> know, you probably don't know what an Oompa Loompa is, do you? Yeah, no, I have no idea what that is. You never seen it? Uh, I can you learn me? I'll fix to learn. It's a mo- old movie. <laughs> I'll I'll learn it to you one day. Um, I'll let you borrow the uh, Betamax. Yo 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 yo! It's ODB from OLP, and you're listening to our lifestyle podcast. You're at Mini Trucking Headquarters, and I think I heard Miggity Mike the Mayor. Did you dial into the conference, or are you still out gallivanting around the country? Well, I'm always gallivanting around, but I'm just around Naples right now. Um, we won't be gallivanting around the country until uh, later on. Actually, no, it'll just be around Florida, and that's later on this weekend. When we gallivant down to Made of Steel, Dover, Florida, this Saturday, make sure if you're in or around the Dover area, Make sure you guys come out. It is definitely, this is, I believe, the ninth year of Made of Steel. And I tell you what, Go Tank, Rigo, they have they have absolutely killed it. They have ramped it up. John Kent, they have ramped up the, the advertising. They've really been pushing Made of Steel. And the response is like, I mean, heads over, head over hills for uh for for made of steel man they're all coming out of the woodworks and they're going to be at made of steel this weekend in dover florida so make sure you guys are there yeah made of steel show on instagram of course facebook as well we'll be looking for that hashtag made of steel show and we're going to be out there it's going to be fun uh miggity mike so this episode dude jam-packed as always we want to thank our title sponsor though uh scraping the coast before we jump into the overview of this episode the reason why I say that, Mike, is uh, for those scoring at home, scraping the coast is in the Mini Truck Hall of Fame. Okay, last year was the 20th annual. This is the 21st, and it's June 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Biloxi. Mike, it's going to be uh, crazy big this year. And the good thing that I love about the show is there's a great mix of lifted, lowered, classics, minis, you name it. But the number one thing I like it for is the free, what we call the Freon poisoning. And, and you know, that's a joke. That's a Papa Smurfism. Uh, the, the, you know, that's that ice cold AC in that big building, Mike. Oh, and that's why you're going to find OLP inside that big old building sucking up all that damn Freon poisoning. Uh, we ain't stupid. We're from Florida. We know how hot it is. We know how hot it is outside. And it's just as hot, just as muggy. And yes, all of the above there in Biloxi, Mississippi, but that's why we're inside, and that's why we don't mess around going outside. 
you know, we'll drop out every once in a while. We'll go check on our boy DJ Mays and make sure that he's fine and make sure he's still standing, make sure he's still mixing and doing his thing. But uh, I was talking to Lauren not too long ago, and I asked her, do you still have spots inside? And she said, yes, we made room. If you got mini trucks, everybody keeps talking about, oh, lifted trucks, lifted trucks, blah, blah, blah. Well, guys, bring out those damn mini trucks. Get them registered. Get inside at Scraping the Coast. They got some of the baddest freaking trophies around, dude. They give away these surfboards. Gooch Gooch uh, comes out, and he does not play when it comes to these these awards. So, guys, if you want a shot at one of these awards from Gooch, come out. And bring those mini trucks, and let's get to mini. Uh, let's get to scraping the coast, and come hang out with your boys ODB and the mayor at scraping the coast, and uh, you know, let's have a damn good time in Biloxi, Mississippi, baby. We're definitely gonna have a good time, and we cannot wait. Scraping with an I N the coast dot com for more information. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. It's going down in Biloxi, Mike. This episode, we have Thad Cunningham. So big ups to Thad. Many of you know his name. Some don't. He was our 2022 OLP contributor of the scene for the year. And he does a lot. Sean Rose, these are his words, You know, gives him a lot of credit uh, for his contributions to the scene. So, Mike, it's going to be cool to sit down with him. He also owns a couple of famous mini trucks, which we'll talk about. But you mentioned MOS a minute ago, made a steal. Uh, we are hoping to sit down with Jeremy this week to talk a little bit about Made a Steel, and again, we'll be out there in Dover this coming weekend. Mike, the overview of this episode was brought to you by Scraping the Coast, but I want to give a huge shout-out to Hammered Weekend Wear, uh, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. They feature real builds. They've expanded their lineup to include skate decks and so much more. Check out their new drops, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. Mike, uh, general updates, dude. Just you know, quick. I just want to address this. You know, I've had a lot going on. I'm not going to go into detail here on the podcast, but definitely a lot of family stuff. I think some might you know be surprised that we even have an episode this week. You know, life goes on. Um, it has been a little tough. You know, especially hunkering down with Mom Duke. And I would just tell people if you want to find out more what's going on, check out my Substack, which I started. It's free. You can go out there. I'm going to be posting stuff about mini trucking and a bunch of things, but uh, we did have a passing in our family. I'll leave it at that. And if you go um, on my Facebook, you can find the link, um, or you can go just Google like ODB's life on Substack, and it will come up. And that's going to be kind of, I don't want to say the B word blog, but that's going to be kind of where I'm putting out any updates that aren't audio, whether it be here on OLP or on OLP's YouTube channel. So I'll just kind of leave it at that, Mike, but I did want to address that. Oh, absolutely, brother. And, and, you know, obviously our thoughts and our prayers out to you and, uh, and the family. And, uh, and hey, I'll just leave it at that. I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, the general updates brought to you by our family at Lone Star Throwdown. LoneStarThrowdown.com. Mike, every year in Conroe, I think it's February, we're out there. February. Usually the third weekend, third weekend, last weekend in February. And it's going down next year, right? Weekend. Are you gonna are you yeah. gonna gallivant across the country and drive us there again? Uh bro, you can always count me in as your driver. Okay. 
Now, the last two years, there's been something that's happened. Uh, Scotty the Body has went with us, okay? I don't know if we're going to let him come with us next year, only because of the T-word, okay? The traffic was bad a year ago. It was worse this year in Florida, of course. Florida man, you know, living here in Florida. But Scotty the Body, I don't know. Is he the one that's causing the bad traffic for us, Mike? We might have to ax him out next year. Well, rumor has it that Scotty the Body is because, you know, ODB makes him work too hard and doesn't pay him, but in in uh, in pasta. That's that's all you've been paying Scotty the Body in is yeah. just in pasta. And, yeah. And you haven't actually been paying him. So I don't think Scotty the Body is going to be back, bro. I really don't. Well, he's... You know, we, I mean, those crackers, they, those crackers might have been free, the extra ones I put on my, you know, my pockets at Chick-fil-A. But still, I mean, I didn't have to get the crackers, so he should have been kind of happy. And, the, Mike, you know this, waters are not cheap, okay? You're always putting, you know, putting me up to, like, buying these 4 or $5. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I mean, you're living in the Mayor Mansion down there, but we can't afford 4 and $5 waters, man. And you're always Bro, putting me against I the wall nothing, to do this. No, you know no, I mean? no, no. First of all, first of all, I had nothing to do with you and those liquid water, uh, you know, beer lookalikes that you uh, that you bought last year. I had no. nothing to do with that at all. I mean, we can't. I mean, that stuff's not free. And I mean, Scott. I mean, if we give Scott, let's say, ten waters in a weekend, you know, that's you know, you're talking forty bucks, man. You know what I mean? So, Scotty the Body. You know, we're just gonna have to talk about if you can bum a ride with us again next year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Um, I, I don't know if uh, if he's gonna make it with us next year. There's even talks that Genelise isn't happy with the way that you know he's treated. He gets thrown in the back of of the, of the you know the, yeah. the, the van. Yep. And you know he he's not given any food or water or anything like that. Uh, I don't know what exactly she's been. He's been telling her, uh, but you know, I mean, even last time, and we talked to one of his good friends, uh, Randy, for what, like four hours. Yeah, and you know what? We might. I mean, no offense, we might have to replace Scotty the Body with Hollywood. You know what I mean? Because I think Hollywood would go. He's been showing OLP love. They were at Battle in Bama. They're rocking their mini trucking hats. His daughter, you know, rocking the pink and the black. You know, I didn't see a mini trucking OLP hat on Scotty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, Scotty. I haven't. I have. You know, ever since he he joined that new truck gang of his, uh, I don't know if he's shown any love to OLP. You, if you really want to know the truth, he's just talking about bigger, bigger engines and um, bigger wheels. I think because you know, Mike. Yeah. Just the last thing is he is in the same class as you, okay, truck wise. And he's yeah. been yeah. he's been texting me now. I haven't texted him back, but he's been saying, hey. Do you remember? Can you shoot me that photo of Mike's frame and this and that? Because I think he's got some stuff up his sleeve. Well, he's got that souped-up V6 in that damn Mazda, and uh, that's definitely bigger than my my little four-cylinder. That's for sure. Yeah, he said he's going for the 24-inch pythons next, dude. He's been working out, but that's yeah, enough yeah, of Sky well, the body. I mean, we're giving this guy way too much airtime. He's gonna have to start paying us, man. You know what I mean? We can't do this for free, Mike. All right, so we're not going to pay him. He's going to have to start paying us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'll make sure to pass that along. I'll make sure to pass that along. Okay, and make sure you know we'll edit this out because we know Jenelise doesn't listen because we definitely messed up. We missed her uh, born day uh, celebration, so I know she's not listening now for sure. 
So we'll make sure we edit this out in case he tries to play it for her. Yeah, no, no, no. She's definitely uh, upset with you. Um, I tried telling you that we had to be there. We had to go um, because, you know, you stood her up the last two times. And, uh, and you still, once again, said, no, no, we got better things to do than to go to her party. So, you know, hey, Jenna Lisa, I just want you to know I tried. I tried to get him to go. He was driving, and, um, and he, he, he just kept on going straight. He didn't, he didn't stop. So We love you guys. Uh, general updates brought to you again by Lone Star Throwdown. You can tap on the hashtag Lone Star Throwdown to see more or follow us to Conroe next year for the 11th annual Lone Star Throwdown 2024. Uh, Mike, I got one question for you. Are you ready? Oh my God. Now it's time to get serious. Bro, we skipped this last week and we definitely got to get it in this week. Absolutely, I'm ready. Dude, I don't know if the Airhead Nation's ready for this one. Uh, this one I know is going to be, let's just be honest, you're not going to be able to get this one. But we got to throw it out there, Mike, because we, you know the old thing on Broadway, they always say the show must go on, break a leg or something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Break a leg, yep. But th- this one's simple uh, to some. What was the first movie to have the PG-13 designation, okay, and we're going to throw a bonus in there. What movie basically ushered, helped usher in that rating? So there was a movie in the 80s that really had parents like wide-eyed going, dude, I cannot believe I just let my kids go to this movie. They really thought it should have been like an R movie. Um, and that ushered in, yeah, we could say Steven Spielberg helped usher in the PG-13 rating. All right, so Steven... Well, here's my question for you. Does it have to do with a bunch of bikes and a bunch of kids? Nope. Nope, it does not. That's the only other hint you're going to get. Oh, that's the only other hint. Wow, man, you're really locking it down on me. Jesus, Carminelli. I mean, you got to remember, in the 80s, man, I'm only like, you know, five years old in the in the freaking 80s, man. I mean, come on now. Well, here's the thing. LMC. What's the podcast that uh, they have? Um, lower, lower level, lower life. What's it called? Well, I don't know. I've never listened to it. I, the only <laughs> podcast that I've ever listened to was Joe Rogan. I didn't know there was any other podcast besides <laughs> our podcast and the Mini Trucking Scene. And guys, if you haven't listened yet, our boys Dizzy and Adam Tripp with the Spark Show have started another podcast. <sighs> And yes, another podcast, which Jay, we know you're not going to listen. So I'm just going to let the rest of the airhead nation know, because we know you don't have time. Um, you, you know, you, you, you just can't listen to any other podcast. Right. Um, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I listened to it today. Their first episode has already dropped. Nads, I listened to it nads, today. Right. You listen to Nads, bro. I'm not talking about nobody's Nads. What are you talking or, about? Wait, bro? What's it? How you pronounce not another, not another damn, damn show. Show. There you go. And yes, it is the the short. You know, short for is is Nats. But we're not going to talk about nobody's Nats. But anyways, go check out their podcast. Really enjoyed it. Give you a little bit of background about both of them, and then they go into. But at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do, Jay, is I'm trying to stall. And, and well, I'm well, getting well, pretty well, good. Let's at be this honest, sh- really quick though. But LCD, I had to look it up. It's lowest. Common, Did you really not lo- know lowest commonwealth you- denominator? 
or is that Commonwealth? Yes, that's it. Commonwealth. Okay, so LCD podcast. I just want to throw this out there. He will he will love this movie. I think because it has Pat Swayze in it. The movie. I'm not going to give you any more hints. Patrick Swayze stars in it. It was the first movie to have the designated PG-13 rated rating. Wow, first movie ever. Look at you, man. And it's got Patrick Swayze in it. Because you know what? Some of the some of the uh best movies that uh you know had P- had Patrick Swayze in it. Um I mean, I you know my favorite one of all time, my favorite one of all time was uh was roadhouse but i know for sure that that was not i know for sure that that was not a pg-13 uh yes dizzy he's stalling dizzy Dizzy. yep i am i am trying to stall okay so you got all right so i got two guesses for you I got no. Can I go to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got the two parter. Since you, you got said the, Patrick Swayze, you got the movie okay. that had the PG thirteen rating, and you got the one that pretty much ushered in the PG thirteen category. Okay, so it's either two movies that I can think of. One was Dirty Dancing because that was Shannon's favorite movie of all time. Was Dirty Dancing? I love the and chick from two, that movie. By the way, um, she looks a lot different now, though. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yes, Jennifer Gray. Yes, she looks very different. See, do I get some bonus points for knowing? Knowing her name, I could give you a quarter of a tick. I've got your mind. Hold on, I okay. got your I got your minder right here. Let me get it. I got yeah. Hold on. Okay, I, I had to reach over to the trash can. I, okay, go ahead. Uh, did you get it? Did yep. you throw it in the trash can, or did you actually no, get the? No, it it was filed filed right here. I got the filing cabinet. Oh, okay, I mean, just checking. Just I didn't checking. say tra- I meant now, file cabinet. <laughs> Sorry. A file cabinet. Okay, so it's either it's either um, uh, a dancing, dirty dancing, or two. It is a ghost. Which one is it? Neither. It was Red oh, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Damn it. And you got to remember, I always thought for years it was Temple of Doom, but Temple of Doom is the one that ushered in the rating because parents were disgusted by the Temple of Doom, and the Temple of Doom basically helped bring in the rating PG-13 because, you know... Listen, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, and I can't wait for June 30th, which is a month and a half away for the new one, Dial Destiny. But I can I cannot watch certain parts of Temple of Doom because it's just disgusting. So, you know those delicacies. Man. You know what? How much was how much was he even in Red Dawn? Was he in Was he in Red Dawn a lot? I got to go back and watch that movie because I do remember. It's not the hunt for Red October, Mike. It's Red Dawn. Oh, dude, that was Sean Connery. Come on, dog. Yeah, Bond, and he was. So I get another qu- Indy's dad. quarter of a tick. tick mark. Yeah, we'll give you a third. I mean, we're updating. Right, third. Like we're updating our scoring system right now. You know what I mean? Because we're trying to make it more fair. You know. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate that. I am definitely not the movie guru that ODB is. Uh, definitely, you know, I I cannot remember shit like you can. And uh, but hey, I did remember Roadhouse, and remember Roadhouse Two is coming soon, bro. Dude, I don't know exactly when it's being released, but it will be released here soon. Yeah, and Mike, if you get a chance, check out the 1977 flick with Chuck Norris, Breaker Breaker, dude. Truck Breaker driver, Breaker, yeah. Truck driver searches for his brother. Classic, dude. Cult classic. I'll throw it out there. You gotta watch. All right, it, dude. all right. Breaker Breaker. Now, dude. does he have? Does he have the setup where he can work his biceps? And is, is, since he's a truck driver, 
you know, like Sly, Sly Sloan does and over the top? No, but there was a rumor going around that Hank helped uh, develop the script for over the top. Uh, and which oh. included the whole idea for the working out deal. So, Oh, okay. Okay. Mike trivia with oh. Mike is brought to you by the spark show 10th annual event this August, Mike, the spark It's up in Sevierville, Tennessee. And a fun fact, mini Nats was held at the same venue in one of the transition years, Sevierville, Tennessee, Sevierville, Tennessee, how you pronounce the sparkshow.com and Mike when you go there if you go to about the show you'll learn that it's the 11th 12th and 13th in August again Sevierville Tennessee it's going to be it's going to be okay, unreal, I gotta, I, all right so let me throw some trivia oh, at come on man at OD. Trying, we don't have let time to do this week I think we have to no no no, no. we now. got time we got time no. we got time for this ODB so because if you listen to Adam and Trip, they talk about the Spark Show was not the Spark Show when it first came out, when they first introduced it. What was the name of the Spark Show when they first came out with it? I do remember them talking about it. I think it was Sparky Anderson, was it? Detroit? Spark Anderson. Sparky. I don't know where the hell you pulled that out of. Yeah, well, but, I told you. Uh, what do you mean, man? Not even, not even close. <laughs> Bro. It was called Sparks Sparks Cafe. Yeah, well, okay, here's one for you. Here's one for the Airhead Nation. What was the original name of Common Threads magazine before that? Before CTM. I, Common Threads. Nope. Does anybody know this one? Now, I'm not going to give it out till the end because I think this one definitely del- – de- remember, Mike, you were watching like Dukes of Hazard at the end, the car like you know in the air for the commercial or maybe – Yeah, it was, like- I was missing a bumper. I'll never forget. I actually got that one right. Yeah, and then you you know the next week you had to come back and it started right back. We might have to start doing our episodes like a two-parter deal. Like you listen – because most of the people – by now we've lost most everyone. Let's just be honest. Now, Mike, one person – Oh, pers- absolutely. One person who we haven't lost, and I've been meaning – for the last couple months to give a shout out. You told me Georgie, Georgie met someone right in, um, I think at the gym and she is an avid listener and I want to give her a shout out. We don't know her name, unfortunately. No, because George didn't even find out her name. George, you had one mission, dude. You run into a fan that's wearing some OLP stuff. The first thing you got to ask is, did you get that like at the flea market or something? Right. Because Mike, we've, you know, we've seen people donating our stuff to like, you know, like the local, you know, thrift Help stop. for the homeless. Right. We've, we yeah. have seen like literally my friend Paul, like send me a person. I think it was a homeless person, which I'm happy they had our stuff on, you know, keeping warm. But the first thing you got to find out is, do you even know what you're wearing? Right. And when if it's a female, normally 99% of the time they're going to say, no, someone just gave me this, right? I was at a show and I was cold. Number two, if they say, yeah, I listen to these guys like she said she does, she was either doing, you know, it was either a ruse, you know, uh, you know, trying to trick them, or if she was being legit and she's hearing this, we can't thank you enough down in Naples uh, for listening, Mike. And she was in the gym and she was wearing some OLP swag. Yeah, I, dude, I was like, that's pretty fucking awesome. And Georgie doesn't get the name, doesn't get, well, we don't mean name as in like, you know, 
like picking up, I mean, Georgie's married. What we meant is like, hey, if we've got a listener, like let's interact with them and say, hey, do you want to come on? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially a female because, I mean, we definitely do not have any female listeners. You well, know, just like. We've got two, I think. Hank's, two? Two wi- Hank's got two wives, man. Oh, Hank's got two wives. Okay. All right. And he forces them to listen. <laughs> right. That's that's their that's their to- uh, torture is to to have to listen to our podcast. You know, Mike, we haven't talked a lot about um we can't say the f word, you know, pro- uh professional football. We can't wait. Oh, we football. We can't, football. We can't say NFL. Professional football. But there was a story years ago if you guys google it if you want a fun story, a dad basically got into a fight with his son because his son would not wear a Brett Favre jersey back in the day. I mean, Mike, you kind of ruled my understanding, like when you, especially when you hang out with Hank, you kind of rule with an iron fist, don't you? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true because I basically do whatever my wife tells me to do. Okay. Well, hey, you're being, you know what? You're being honest, dude. And I like that. Yes. Well, hey, it makes life so much easier. Yes. 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 Love. Yes. Whatever you need, whatever you want. Boom. Done. Wait, did she, did she help? Did you help write Bismarcky? I got what you need. And you, and you say, say you're she... just a friend. Da, 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 da. Oh, mm-hmm. we got it, man. All right, so we got to keep moving, dude, because we're getting way off task here. Uh, the scene updates, Mike. I, I I haven't saved a lot of stuff this past week because I've had some stuff going on. Some of you guys know. Um, I hinted at it a little while ago, but listen. Last week, uh, last weekend was battle in Bama, and if you guys saw some of the photos and you saw some of the different, you know, um, areas that they had set up, and all the time and effort that Craig and Rosalind put into this amazing show, it looked like everybody had an awesome time. And um, if you don't trust us, go on Facebook and type in the three words "battle in Bama" or t- uh, tap on that hashtag on Instagram. Mike, it's it's a testament to, to, you know, they really focus on the experience of the showgoer is what I call it. And you saw that through thick and thin of everything they had going on. So I know that was pretty much last weekend was the big mamma jamma going down. Uh, yes. And hats off to them and their crew, uh, because like you said, it is more of an experience than a damn car show. And the, the amount of details that they nail um, when they put on that car show, you know, hats off to those guys, because like you said, uh, they, from top to bottom, from start to finish, uh, they got it pretty well all covered. And, um, I mean, they have really, uh, turned that into, to, to something, you know, every year to look forward to. So, you know, hats off to them and their crew and, uh, definitely look forward to, uh, uh, to see what they, what they come up with, uh, for next year. Uh, Bobby Arkwright was there um, with Batitude, the S10. I know Frankie Cordova uh, debuted the Precision Power Izuzu, which was uh, fantastic. I also saw, I just saw so many different clubs, especially NC. I I know uh, Joel Crookshank was out there having a good time. We saw his Toyota. Eddie Gordy, Mike, I mean, can, can, I mean, dude, can we just call Eddie Gordy out here? Dude, you got to leave some best of shows for Mike and some of these other guys, dude. You know what I mean? He's not, Mike. He's on a rampage, dude. You know what well, I mean? Well, remember, remember, I beat him yeah. at Southern Tradition yeah. last year. So basically, 
as long as my truck's not there, he's going to take best of shows. So, you know, hey, go ahead and take, <laughs> get them, get them while you can. Um, my truck's back in the shop right now. So as soon as it gets back out, you know, it's, it's, a, it's done. It's over. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's over. Yeah. And Eddie, I mean, congrats. Just an amazing run that he's still continuing. Obviously, he's going to be back at some of the World of Wheel type shows, I know, but he doesn't discriminate. You know, he's out there at mini Nats, you know, out, outside, truck up on stands. I mean, he, he can pretty much, he's a jack of all trades. He can go to any event and blend in and, and make it happen. And then he can go to the big World of Wheels shows and boom, you know, like a new cue. And you don't even realize it. So, again, congrats to Eddie representing, of course, Relaxed Atmosphere, um, which is cool. So those are a couple of the things. I did want to uh, mention to our friend, uh, our friends up at DroppedOut.com, which is short for D-R-O-P-T-Out.com, which is DroppedOut.com. They had posted a cool video up in Ohio of Twisted Metal at the Summit uh, turntable up there. So it's pretty cool. They've got a couple events going on, including um, Flat Out on the Farm, uh, which is June 10th. So they've got a lot going on. So that was pretty cool. And I think the biggest thing that we got to give a huge update to is um, some of you guys have seen this by now, but uh, No Regrets Brad. Brad is a good dude. I talked to Brad um, a good amount of time, man. And he had uh, given me the Iggy. And I know Buddy's Garage was also involved in this. But there is uh, something on Instagram called Music City Trucks. And there is a there is an underscore between those. And it's part of Power Nation TV. So if you think about uh, uh, Hank, I mean, uh, Ron Perkins, you know, having a couple of his trucks, you know, on Power Nation. Uh, Jason from Severed with the Mazda. He was on there before with Courtney Hansen. Uh, several folks over the course of time. But Brad and I know Buddy's Garage, these guys were able to be on set and do some filming. And uh, Brad had lined it up where he had his OLP hat on, okay? And he was repping Mini Truckers Union, right? Which is just awesome. But Buddy's Garage was there as well. Want to give a huge shout out um, to the big homie, Ben Osborne, great dude. But Mike, to have these guys in our corner, so to speak, and most importantly, representing the scene. You know, forget OLP, right? But then you put the ice on the cake and you go, they're out there also. Brad spun it like this. He's been a day one fan, listener, homie, all of that. I can't thank him enough, dude. Uh, absolutely. And like, you know, we say we try to, you know, give thanks every week in and week out. And, you know, it's it's things like that that, you know, it's like, man, that's, that's fucking amazing. That's awesome. I love it. And, uh, that makes, you know, all the time that we put into this, uh, makes it worthwhile, you know? And, uh, so, you know, thanks Brad and congratulations. Definitely. And the last uh, scene update that I think that I have this week, Mike is shout out to our kinfolk, my severed brothers and sisters up in Canada, Jen Black and Jesse. Okay. Tag team back again. They're wrecking it. They're checking it. They're just beginning, Mike. And here's the crazy thing. They got the Mazda. You might as well crush your truck, dude. I'm just going to be honest, dude. I mean, I'll rent the crusher because these guys are coming out insane. We I shared a short reel um, that Jesse had posted, and uh, I took some clips from it. Uh, and, and, you know, Colorado Custom, our favorite wheel company, they reshared it. 
dude, this chassis for the Cow Plus with the LS swap. I know Graham has been encouraging them. They're going to roll in the Red Rocks, which, by the way, I haven't. We haven't really even got a chance to talk about. So, if anybody that's going this weekend, have fun. But Mike, uh, the this team of Jen and Jesse, straight killing it on this Mazda. And I'm telling you, bro, they're going to flip the game upside down, man. Man, another one, Jesus Christ! No, man. And you, and you know what else we also forgot is uh, our boy DJ Mays relaxing in the park is going on this weekend as well. Yes. So, lot no excuses. Lots of places for uh, for people to go support these shows and uh, go out and support these mini truckers. And uh, um, like you said, rolling in the Red Rocks, Graham, up in Utah. Then you got um, DJ Mays and his relaxing in the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, relaxed atmosphere, uh, relaxing in the park there in St. Louis. So, guys, shows all over the place. Make sure you guys go out and support. No doubt the scene updates this week brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com for some of the coolest merchandise. They recently launched some new products, including a newer uh, newer style Chevy, a new, 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 I don't know how many news, and another mini truck shirt with a Toyota Tacoma, garagegearclothing.com. And don't forget, they also have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's free. You can check out the YouTube channel. And on their website, they have options for uh, free shipping. Uh, next, we got the show updates. And Mike hit on upon some of these. You basically have this weekend relaxing in the park. You have Made a Steel show, and you had uh, Battle in Bama last weekend. Now, uh, again, I would tell anybody, if you've got information on uh, shows that we are not covering, uh, try to get me the information. If you can, email is easiest for me, but R-I-T-R-R, which is rolling in the Red Rocks. We've had Graham on in the past, and this show is May 20th and 21st. So uh, i got to add it to the OLP calendar. It's the 20th and 21st. That's a Saturday, Sunday. And this weekend, as Mike said, is stacked because you got you got made to steal here. You've got relaxing in the park, and then you have rolling in the Red Rocks. So they're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Uh, check them out. Uh, next month, for the most part, we've got uh, made us. We've got scraping the coast, June twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. As we said at the top, and then the following weekend, you have classic truck throwdown in Conroe. It's that same winning pedigree of Lone Star Throwdown, but that's going to be going down the thirtieth of June into July first and July second. So that's kind of that pre Fourth of July weekend. 4th of July, of course, this year is on the 4th, uh, so that's kind of what I'm considering 4th of July weekend. Uh, the 7th, 8th, and 9th is Southern Tradition, and of course, you can find out more information. That's in Canton, Georgia. Just go on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, July 15th, that weekend, and the 16th, that is Camp and Drag up in Indiana. Shout out to our kinfolk, Waveland, Indiana, an amazing event. Those are the um, That's within our, our kind of scope right now those shows. The show updates are brought to you by, as we said at the beginning or at the top, The Spark Show. Visit thesparkshow.com for more, and that 10th anniversary is in August. We hope to see you in Survival. The only podcast update that I have, Mike, is we have one 
additional review, and this was from Heather slash Jessica. Jason, great job on keeping all the cool mini truck stuff alive. Great show with even better people doing the show, and you're pretty cool yourself. So we can't thank you enough, Jennifer and Jessica. Uh, you guys are awesome. I think I know who this is uh, from Instagram, so certainly appreciate you ladies, and uh, keep doing what you do. I love seeing your photos and all that cool stuff you guys got going on. Much love. The podcast updates are brought to you by Graphics Mafia, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. If you need stickers for your brand, maybe some light design work, uh, hit up Buddy and Ryan. They can get you out of a pinch. They did that for Chad Luke uh, when he had his truck at SEMA, and they're good people. It's graphics with an X, mafia.com. Mike, I think in closing, I know Mike had to jump over to uh, an emergency call he had to take. But um, I did want to jump over into my um, Facebook saves, uh, Airhead Nation updates. I know Solomon had posted Solomon Lunger, also kind of nicknamed Solo, uh, which ties into his name. He did mention that um, he is going to be leaving the F100 Builder's Guide. He he shared a little bit of um, inspiration. And I tell you what, uh, Ford Era, it's such a big brand, Solomon whether you listen to this or someone gives you the heads up, dude, like I've told you before, I mean, you're destined to be kind of a superstar, right? Whether people love hearing that or not, uh, you've got a lot going on. I tell you what, the Ford era brand, when I see it pop up on YouTube and seeing all the stuff you got going on, it's truly amazing. So, uh, we know you're going to be good, homie. Um, I know Joey and a lot of guys, uh, Danny Saint, uh, Godins, you know, these guys were a lot of them were at Cruise of the Pines. And my apologies, I wish I would have did a better job of promoting it. But you guys uh, on the West out there really killed it. And uh, I loved seeing that. The last one I got is um, Bill from Camp and Drag had said uh, back on May 1st, when I was 12 years old, I started collecting Hot Wheels. This guy right here always helped me with info on what was new and wouldn't hesitate to share info with me. One of the reasons I now have over 70,000 cars, one hell of a cook too, you'll be missed. Jim, G-A-R-B-A-C-Z-E-W-S-K-I, thanks for the 28 years of friendship. Uh, From what I can tell, he passed away, and uh, rest in peace to him. It's crazy that when you think about Hot Wheels and Matchbox, that stuff really started an addiction for many of us. So shout out to Bill. Again, Camp and Drag is an amazing event up in Waveland, Indiana. Uh, hit him up for more. Airhead Nation updates brought to you by CNS Metalworks. Big shout out to Chris, Ruben, and the entire team over there. If you need AccuAir or Universal Air products, uh, look no further than CS Metalworks. It's CS-Metalworks with an S.com. Uh, they're also on Instagram, CNS Metalworks. Hit them up. They will take care of you. Uh, they also do fabrication. Look, I'm just going to tell you this. They bagged the 59 super clean, super nice Impala. And if you ask me, it was so nice, I wouldn't have bagged it. That's the confidence that people have in CNS Metalworks. Hit them up. Good people. I'm sure I'm forgetting some things, but again, guys, uh, not to gloss over what I said earlier, uh, definitely a lot of emotions going on, um, being there for my mom, and I just got other stuff going on in my life. And um, the reason why I promoted the Substack is again I'm going to continue to do things there. It's not to, you know, to really try to get people to look there versus Facebook in terms of this life-altering event that went on. But 
I love Substack because I can kind of format my thoughts a little bit better. Facebook will sometimes let me do bullet points and things like that. And where I'm at in my life, I, I speak in bullet points. Uh, so Substack allowed for me to get kind of the stuff on my chest off of it and spell it out in a nice, short, easy read. And I did that you know, to get the information out. So if you want to check it out, uh, please do so. Uh, you can just, again, Google ODB's life, uh, Substack, maybe those three kind of words, if you will, uh, or go on my Facebook and click over there and take a look at it. Um, again, I shared some information about family situation, and I plan to share a lot more. There's a couple of other Substack posts that I've made, but I'll be doing a lot more. If you guys want to check it out, I'll be breaking down Mini Trucking Magazine and kind of ways that aren't as easy to break down um, audibly through here and through uh, YouTube. So find it out there. Uh, be safe. And if all goes well, we'll have Jeremy from Made to Steel. And then we'll roll into Thad's audio uh, last or next, depending on the situation with Jeremy. We hope to see you guys at one of these shows. Tag us in your photos, please. Uh, we'll reshare some of them. And uh, we certainly appreciate everyone out there. On behalf of Mike and I, stay on the rise. We got you. Mike, you there? Fuck out of here, Mike. Yo, yo, as I mentioned, super excited to talk to Jeremy, a.k.a. Goat. And Jeremy, dude, we're super excited. Made a Steel show this weekend, the ninth annual. I know you're excited. Yeah, man, ninth annual coming up. It's, uh, it's exciting. I can't wait. And you, thank you very much for reminding me that Friday, you're like, yo, Jay, Friday just isn't the the pre-party. Friday is um, going down the 19th, of course. And the cool thing is you guys are going to have like start um, stereo demos and the neon LED light show. All of that's Friday, but then Saturday's the main show. Um, what should people know about Friday? Uh, Friday's a good time. So like if you were within the first 100 to pre-register, um, not only will you get a free custom shirt, more like a one-off basically, um, you'll also get free food provided by Collins Concessions on Friday night. Yep, it's going to be pretty cool. And then that's going to go up, you know, give or take 10 o'clock, you know, ish. And people, I've been there before on Friday night. A lot of people having a good time, family celebrating. And that's just kind of the, the, the preamble for Saturday. And what I'm seeing on madeasteelshow.com, which you guys have done a great job of updating, you got vendors rolling in at 8 registration at nine and then the spectator gates at 10. So Saturday morning is going to come quick, but what should they expect on Saturday? Well, you know, we asked for a little bit of patience. So there's, there's always going to be a line at registration for some reason, you know, we try to expedite the process as fast as we can, but as soon as you get in, you shouldn't have any problems, uh, you know, finding your spot, finding your crew, finding your club, finding your homies, you know, then once you get settled in, we got all kinds of events for you, you know? Uh, we got a cornhole tournament. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. The cornhole tournament's awesome. And one thing that I noticed, though, that you guys have always done and what what I see on the website under About the Show is you have like 50 classes, right? You have all these different classes. You have specialty awards. Something that I think that you guys have done a great job, Tank, I know Rigo's been on board, and yourself, of course, Jeremy, is you bring out all kinds of vehicles, lifted, lowered, VWs, you name it, um, and that's all going to be in the main show field. But keep me honest, you guys are also going to have vehicles parked, I think, this year under the main pavilion. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were trying to be able to do that last year, 
Um, but with the weather that we, we had last year, there was a lot of rain. Uh, they were expanding the pavilion, so they were actually pouring that concrete on Thursday night. So we couldn't use it, and that was also the only access to inside the AC building, so we couldn't use that either. Exactly. Exactly. So, so what I would tell people is, you know, May is hot in the month. We've actually had very good weather, but the cool thing is they do have the covered area. Most of us kind of congregate there. And then you've got the AC area um, that you guys, I'm sure will have some vehicle staged in there like normal. Oh yeah. Good, good old Dan from DFD power sports. Um, he actually sponsored that building, him and ZRT power coding. So the inside of the AC building, if you go in there, it's his booth. It's all a whole bunch of side-by-sides of bikes that he built. Um, it's kind of like a one-stop shop if you're into, you know, off-roading with ATVs and UTV stuff. So that that's going to be uh, pretty amazing. And they're debuting a couple new builds in there that, that are pretty awesome, you know. Fantastic. There may or may not be one on tracks, you know, may or may not have a machine gun on it. I don't know. Yep, good stuff. Yeah, and like you hinted earlier, with the cornhole tournament going on and some of the vendors there, it's really like a a family atmosphere. And one of the things that I truly think that you guys went over the top on is some of the raffle stuff you've done in the past and these auction pieces. I know kind of when the show starts to wind down a little bit, kind of mid-afternoon, you guys roll into, <laughs> man, this one always gets me, the best and the worst tattoo stuff, right? Talk to us about that. Yeah, so basically, I, I think it's in, it, it it's awesome, right? Everybody wants to, you know, oh, look at my badass tattoo. You know, this one's cool. This one's awesome. Well, there's always one person that's like, man, I got this one shitty one, man. How about this? You know, and it's usually when you're in a circle of friends and have a few beers, have a few drinks, and everybody's clowning you. Well, now, if everybody's clowning you, you can get rewarded, and, um, <laughs> you know, you can actually – you can actually get gift certificates for Dixie um, Dixie Station tattoos here in town. Uh, they're giving away gift certificates for uh, cover-ups, so yeah. you can actually get that ugly piece uh, covered up. You know. Yeah, what an idea! What a concept! And that kind of flows into this auction that you guys have. And I've told people in the past the auction. You know, some people are like, "Yeah, you know, the auction could go long." But that's what you wanted to do. You know, you often have people bid on some pieces. They get they say, you know what, I want to donate it back in. And then you've got this um, situation where you raise these funds. And my understanding is it goes towards like kids cancer type hospital situations. Uh, yeah, it goes to Kids Cancer Foundation. And, and um, that's kind of near and dear to, to all our hearts. You know, also, we, we brought in John Ken as a partner earlier, you know, as well as Rigo. Um and tanks. So I just wanted to mention that too, but it's, you know, that's our main goal is to raise as much money as we can for kids cancer foundation. Um, they do a great job. You know, they, they provide tutors, you know, places to stay for families when they're going through treatment. Uh, they help with toys. They, they do a lot of really good stuff down there. And, um, <clears throat> we actually found them from, uh, Howard's kid, Anthony you know, cause we supported Anthony and tried to raise as much money as we could for him a few years ago. And as well as, you know, you know, the, he, uh, he, he passed away a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we asked the family what, uh, organization, you know, helped them out the most that, that they would like to see to be able to help out other families. And they suggested kids cancer foundation. So, uh, we gave Michelle a call down there and, uh, she's down there in Royal Palm beach, which is down there by West Palm. 
and uh, what a great organization. What a great family down there. Her daughter helps her out a lot. Uh, they do a lot of really good things. So we're, we're super stoked to be able to help, help them out. I love hearing at any time there's a show promoter like yourself and your team that get behind helping other people. Uh, you got to get behind that. And I would tell people, come on out, madeasteelshow.com for more Facebook, Instagram, Made a Steel. The other thing I think that's cool, and I hinted at this earlier, is with this show, you guys have really had an eclectic mix of vehicles, lifted, lowered, VWs, but you also have the stereo side unlocked. How important is it, you think, in this region of the country, which, you know, think Miami Bay scene and all the stuff that's been going on here 40 years, how important is it to have an event that also kind of caters to the base heads? Well, I, th- I think there's two sides of that. Um, the, the first side is, you know, you and I and other people our age or even a little bit older, um, we started in, in, in that era of boom, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, Nissans with snug tops and blow throughs and crawl throughs, uh, or Suzu's, you know, we, you know, that's how we started. That's where mini trucking started. So keeping that alive, you know, in the scene is, it's important to everybody, you know, even nowadays, you know, everybody still has a couple subs in their truck, you know, maybe a couple door speakers. They, they still want them to sound good. You know, it may not be overbearing as what some of these guys are, but, um, on the flip side of that also, uh, if you look at the younger kids that are getting involved with the audio scene, you know, it's keeping those kids off the streets. Well, most of them at least. Uh, so it's, it's good to keep what we love going, you know, in, in this generation, you know, so if we don't get a younger generation involved with car shows, whether it be car audio or imports or bikes or mini trucks or hot rods, you know, that's, that's time they're spending, you know, wrenching in the garage, interested in going to shows and, and, wanting to make their ride better and make their ride customized to suit them and suit their personality. So it's, you know, without, without new people coming in this industry, uh, it, it'll whittle away. So it will. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. And often when we think back, if we've been in this 20, 25, 30 years, you know, we can kind of look at things and go, ah, that's not cool. This and that, but you got to remember these younger guys were they're at the infancy where we were 25, 30 years ago uh, which is making us sound old, but in to Goat's point, uh, you know, let's let's encourage these guys, and if they want to come out for stereo, whatever kind of stuff they're into, I'm all for it. On Saturday, I just want to be clear, you know, you got cornhole tournament, the auto limbo, the frozen T-shirt contest, which I love, the raffle tickets to benefit kids, the best and worst tattoo, and so much more, kind of in between. Uh, what's one of your favorite aspects of the show, Jeremy? Well, I got two aspects. Uh, one of them, well, I, I mean, there's multiple. I think uh, the top of my list is when everybody comes together and tries to help us raise as much money as we can. Oh, yeah. um, the other one is seeing such camaraderie with all different genres of gearheads together at one place at one time. You know, in the first couple of years, we had a couple of hot rod guys come. And uh, he come up to me and he was like, Hey, you know, he's like, I, I don't get into this low rider stuff. He's like, but I got to tell you, man, you boys got some talent. You know, I see some of this metal work and engineering going on with these trucks. He's like, I, I can really appreciate it. You know, it oh, gives yeah. me a, a, a different outlook on, on what you guys do. I was like, well, we appreciate it. You know, it all, it all came from hot riding to begin with. So 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's well stated. I want to give a tip of the cap. I know acrophobia, uh, negative camber, Sever's going to be coming hard in the paint this year, low bros in the past, a lot of solo riders, as I call them, some low rider clubs, uh, different people. Uh, a lot of people uh, have come out and showed love over the years. I think it's going to continue to grow. Uh, you guys have done a good job of, of reinforcing the show for the past year. And, you know, I would tell people if you're on the fence and you're listening, you're like, hey, in Orlando or South Florida, and you're like, man, I didn't know if I want to come up. Man, come up, get up a little bit earlier on a Saturday, drive up, even if it's for the day. If you can float in town on Friday, hey, do it, stay the night, peel out of town, you know, after the show on Saturday. But go, you know, you got to feel good kind of where you guys are knowing how how long of a journey it's been the last eight years to get to where you're at. Uh, it, it does feel good. You know, we, we've been blessed to actually progress the show every single year and haven't had a down year yet. And, and we hope that we don't. Um, and that just attributes to everybody coming to the show and enjoying what we're trying to provide people to do, you know, making an event out of it. And it, it takes, you know, pe- folks like you and Mike and Vic and everybody that comes to the show, you know, spreading word of mouth. Hey, man, I had a great time, man. You guys need to check this out. And, and that's really what it takes. You know, it's, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20, I'm, I'm claiming high rise for 20 years this year, but it's really 21 years, I think. So uh, being that long in this industry, I think it has its perks. And to be able to be in a position to try to give back somehow, I think is to me, uh, most gratifying, you know, we, we don't try to, you know, play a lot of the politics that some people play. We don't, you know, have, there's no fights, there's no arguing. Uh, everybody just comes out and have a good time. You know, they don't argue over trophies. Nobody asks what, how come they won and I didn't, you know, there's none of that. Everybody just comes for a good time and, and, and uh, just hangs out, enjoys the day, you know, with the brethren. Oh, yeah. Well, if it, hey, just if it comes down to Mike and I winning a trophy, like, I'm going to, like, you know, kind of, like, sweet talk the judges a little bit. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you, you, you put it very um, just – you know, I, I like the way you stated it because it, it really it's a good position to be in when you can kind of give back, right? And you can put on an event that like nobody is sitting there, you know, getting frustrated at the end and things. Like you guys run a well oiled machine there. Um, I would just tell you guys if you come out and take photos, tag made of steel, hashtag made of steel show, and know that on Saturday you can register even day of at nine a.m. Spectator gates open at 10, but you know, kind of the action is going to really start getting going about 9 or 10. And I would just tell you if you're listening to this and um, you can come out, come out, but also, like, let's say you live far away and you go, Hey, I want to contribute something. Listen, next year is going to be the 10th annual. You know, get with Jeremy Carruthers, who we're talking with now, aka GOAT, and get with them about sending some stuff next year. If you feel that, Hey, I'm too far away, but I can help raise some funds or you want to contribute certainly I'm sure they could work something out. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll, we'll take just about anything except for somebody's grandma. And even then <laughs> that might be a question, you know? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. I like it. Made of steel show, uh, Friday night, the 19th, as well as all day Saturday until probably the sun goes down. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of auction stuff's going to be going down. A lot of fun, 
uh, good things are going to be happening. And if you're in the greater Tampa Bay area or anywhere in Florida, hell, some of the guys in Georgia have come down. Come on down. Have fun with us. Uh, Jeremy, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Anything else? Yeah, we had a couple a couple changes. So with the auction stuff, um, the guy that we had last year that does a silent, silent auction with the um, – you know, the autograph memorabilia, sports memorabilia, yes. pop culture, that stuff. Uh, he can only be there on Friday. So if you're looking for a reason to come on Friday and you're a sports fan and you want some Rays or Lightning or Bucks gear or Gators or Florida State or Miami or whatever, he's got some really, really cool authenticated, you know, signed jerseys and balls and all kinds of stuff. Um, but we're still going to have like an impromptu auction with just less stuff on Saturday. Sure. Uh, and then we'll, and then we'll get into the raffles. So um, we're hoping that that'll save some of the time, you know, when the auctions were long before. But you know, it, it's it, it just feels good when you're trying to raise money for some people. And we have another change that we're doing this year too. A lot of people are probably like it, but we're doing drive-through judging. Nice. Uh, some like it, some don't. But you know, our, our judges, you know, it's looking to be 96 degrees this Saturday. <laughs> So when they're out there walking around and, you know, you got latecomers coming in or people pulling in or you miss this or you're not at your vehicle and they're trying to judge it, um, it just tries to eliminate all those things. So that way, if you don't want to be judged, you don't have to drive through the judging thing. And uh, if you want to be judged, just drive on over there and and, uh, we'll get it taken care of. I love it. Friday night, kind of the vendor roll in the hangout the 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 pre-show party with a lot of show type activities going on and then of course all day saturday made a steel show it's at the hillsborough county fairgrounds if you're going to be coming through google maps or ways again don't type in florida state fairgrounds type in the hillsborough county fairgrounds it's in dover florida on sydney washer boulevard uh certainly sydney washer road and uh, come on out and have a good time uh made of steel show dot com for more information jeremy thank you so much brother hey i appreciate it you gonna bring me a course light this weekend dude i'm gonna be dude i'm gonna be bringing something crazier liquid death dude it's uh, water i I like your style and and then mike's got the zambuca you know what i mean so i don't even know what Mm. that is it just sounds crazy (laughs) (laughs) so i heard the banana hammock's not making it dude Mike, we've been trying to get him. I think he cut his doors off because, you know, we, we've we been telling him, like, he needs to do, like, gold wing doors and stuff to get more points. And we, we were hoping he was going to have it done there because he, he felt like if he could get the gold wing doors done and made a steal, that he could maybe get over the hump and try to get, like, the best to show is what he, he's gunning for it, man. Okay. Little does All he right. know, you know, I mean, the competition's stiff, man. You know what I mean? It is. It is. Especially there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of beautiful rides that come, and from the ones that I've seen that are coming this year, it's going to be a whole lot more. Yeah, I told Mike he's going to need more than, you know, he's going to maybe have to do one gold wing and one Lambo door to try to get some points, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, then you got to airbrush, you know, banana hammocks, like all in the paint <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, three. well, he's <laughs> going to have to have, like, 3D glasses to see the graphics, you know. I mean, he's kind of, he's trying to, like, you know, go next level, but, you know, I mean, he, he has no clue right now, you know what I mean? I got you. I got you. <laughs> I appreciate you, JC. Um, everyone, stay tuned. We're going to roll in the Thad Cunningham's audio. We can't thank you enough, Jeremy, and we can't wait to see you at madeasteelshow.com for more information, everyone. Thank you, ODB. See you this weekend, brother. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Really appreciate you coming on. And as we get ready to roll into this audio now with Thad Cunningham,
I want to thank all of our sponsors, including Joey at Get Decked. If you're in the market to add a photo or artwork that you have to a skate deck, look up Get Decked underscore VA on Instagram or Joey Dilworth on Facebook. If you look at all of these brands from everyone from OLP to Scraping the Coast to Lone Star Throwdown to Mini Nats, they're all running these awesome skate decks and they're expanding their brands onto these skate decks. And Joey Dilworth at Get Decked is the guy behind doing a lot of that. Um, I guarantee for almost every one of those brands out there. So Get Decked underscore VA, Joey Dilworth. Also, the last comment that I have is earlier I hinted I asked you guys a question. What was the name of Common Treads Magazine prior to it being called that? And if you said Rod and Subs, you got it right. That's right. If you go back to the pre-CTM Common Treads Magazine naming convention, when I first met the homie, it was called Rod and Subs Magazine or something very close to that, Rod and Subs, I think. Uh, there's a story, I'm sure, behind that. But that's what I remember. Hope you guys enjoy the audio with Thad. He's a great guy. Have a safe weekend. And I did want to uh, mention this important announcement. If we don't talk with you guys in the next week or so, have a safe Memorial Day weekend. Of course, Memorial Day, the national uh, federal holiday, uh, is Monday, May 29th. And we are remembering uh, the servicemen and women that had, had died while in service. That's what Memorial Day is representing. And we certainly wouldn't be where we are without a co- as a country if it weren't for those men and women that sacrificed so much. Uh, for those that are, you know, it ha- had served you know, salute to you guys as well. You guys know how we feel about that. So, uh, again, be safe. And that's in uh, a week is Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the audio with Thad. Stay on the rise. And leave a rating for us through Apple Podcast or Podbean, Five Star Willie. We appreciate it. We out you. Peace. Yo, yo, like I said, super excited to sit down with my homie, my brother, Thad Cunningham. How you doing? Good, Jason. How are you? Good, man. Th- hey, thanks for coming on, dude. It's You've been on the list a while, and I was like, you know what? This is good timing. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Do you mind sharing a little bit of backstory? You know, some know Thad, some may not, but Thad Cunningham, maybe a little bit of backstory on yourself, man. Sure. Uh, born and raised in central Pennsylvania. A lot of the things, too, on that I, that I hear on the podcast, and it sounds like the a picture of my life too it seems like we always are started with skateboards or bmx so definitely heavy into the bmx when i was a kid and then that uh sort of rolled into the automotive stuff yeah did you in kind of where you grew up right because i'm always kind of intrigued where where i live just north of uh tampa and land of lakes like you know it was it seemed like forever you know from tampa back then but now i mean everybody's moving even further north than that but like where you grew up, was it very rural or did you have bike tracks and bike shops and things like that? Uh, so I'm about two hours southeast of Pittsburgh. We had a, an NBL BMX track about 40 minutes away from here. 
but we had a pretty good BMX scene in town here. We had uh, a couple of really good trails that were just, you know, kids building trails. Um, there was one really good local BMX shop that in the, well, he did all kinds of bikes, but he um, actually sponsored me a little bit whenever I was younger. So yeah, we had a good scene here. And then when I got into actually racing, um, you know, we did the state NBL state circuit and a couple nationals. I went to Wood, I went to I raced Woodward nationals and uh, actually went to Woodward camp twice when I was a kid. So Damn. yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty good resources for it in this area, and much like the mini trucking thing, it, it faded as the my generation got a little older. But it's back stronger than ever now. A couple things there, I would say that when I went to the Pittsburgh area a few years ago, yeah, maybe two years ago, my buddy Matt Weathers from the Pacific Northwest, shout out to Matt, he had really reinforced if if anybody's ever in that region up near Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a place he was like, yo, Jay, you got to go called Bicycle Heaven. And um, it's in downtown Pittsburgh. And there's two. I have two videos on our YouTube channel. One's in 4K. One was like, I think, a 1080p. And I, I kind of did two long videos. But the cr- crazy thing is, is like the gentleman that owns that place, you know, he's a true fiend. And he has gotten a lot of his stuff. I mean, he has thousands of bikes, but he's gotten a lot of it was donated by like racers and like cook brothers and just, you know, all these different guys. And, uh, it's just amazing to see how much someone can amass, you know? Yeah. I saw those videos and I kick myself every time I get over that way. I, I forget to go check that out, but yeah, I want to go back one day. I spent a lot of time over there as a kid because I had the South park BMX in Pittsburgh was always one of the premier tracks. It still is. And uh, I had an aunt that lived like three blocks from it. So I would like always beg my mom, let me go stay at Aunt Teresa's house for a couple for a week. Because that track was always open. You could just go ride it whenever you wanted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always intriguing to kind of know about the different areas. Because where I lived, I mean, there was there was one track that my dad would sometimes take us to. I mean, we weren't like racing or anything. But um it was kind of cool, especially growing up in the era like we did with Rad and, you know, the BMX. You know, yep. that was the primary BMX movie. But then, you know, with Gleaming the Cube and some of that stuff, like it was it was really in the forefront. And it's funny when I watch like the Tony Hawk documentary and things and I hear the professional skaters talk about like in the 90s when it kind of fell off in the late 80s, early 90s. Like in my head, it doesn't compute because I'm almost like it fell off like I didn't think that it ever did, but I think just the sales were all down. Like you said, as guys got a little bit older, went to college, whatever they decided to do, this stuff kind of fell off. But, I mean, it's bigger on the skateboards and bikes now than it ever has been, it seems like. It is, and I think the guys our age that kind of fizzled out of it now have kids that age. I know that's how several of my friends are. They're extremely involved in BMX. They're my age. Their kids are 10, 12 years old, and – they i mean they're doing it harder than i ever did they travel all over the place like al and tony from severed ties new york their their kids both are like crazy into the bmx they're training they're traveling it's it's way more than i ever you know put into it yeah it's the technology has come so far and you know back in our time it was almost like if you, you know, if you were a skateboarder, like some parents thought, oh, he's a loner. You know, if you were out riding your bike, it was kind of like you were the weird yep. kid. But like now, it's like you know, the stuff's in the Olympics, you know, and you're like, hold on, right. you know, step back a minute. But yeah, shout out to Al and all those guys. Yeah, I always said that the BMX thing was kind of a foreshadowing of 
I mean, I don't know that I would describe myself as a loner, but, you know, looking back on it, you know, being self-employed and that it was all a little bit more yep. individualized, I guess. You know, I'm not good at taking direction, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, you mentioned Al Severed Ties. Um, shout out to yourself as well that, you know, you've been petitioning for Severed. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll hit on some more truck stuff, but Speaking of trucks, you kind of hinted there, you know, with skateboarding and BMX being kind of the foreshadow into what you got into. Like, do you remember, like, what really drove you into the automotive type stuff? It's funny because my mom will tell me whenever I was, you know, two, three years old, I wouldn't go anywhere without my Matchbox case or my Hot Wheels. And I had, she has a picture of me in in a diaper pushing, you know, pushing this little dump truck around. Mm -hmm. and, and he just said, since I since before i could walk i was obsessed with anything with wheels and it's weird because i never had an automotive influence um around me my dad you know i love my dad but he could couldn't care less what he drives and i really don't have an explanation for it but then with the bmx stuff and at that time i lived in holidaysburg which is a small town here but within riding distance you know there would be some local cruisings and stuff so I started going to them and uh, always interested in, in, in paint and art plus the cars, you know. So my thing was always, like, love to go and check out the pinstriping. Um, back then around here, the street rotting was big. Um, and some of the, the street rod guys, basically their kids, grew up street rotting. And then those guys had many trucks, and that was kind of my first exposure to it, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, it kind of there's some parallels because my dad had a '59 Apache and they had did some work to it. I mean, he wasn't like I've always said on the podcast, he wasn't really a wrencher type guy. Uh, he didn't consider himself a mechanic or anything, but you know, they pulled an engine at the house and had it rebuilt, and they you know a couple guys helped them put it in and and things like that. But it is weird though, like when you're a car person like us or a truck guy, it kind of blows my mind. Like when we hear like someone could care less what they drive or like they're not into cars and stuff. Cause I mean, it, it is a cool feeling when you're cruising, whether it's an S 10 or it's a classic car and stuff like that. But there are some people like it's literally, they're just not into it. Whereas like you and I were kind of like addicts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my, my dad had his things he was always avid outdoorsman, hunter, that kind of stuff. He just never yep. got into the car. I took him to Carlisle with me a few years ago and, and, like end of the day saturday we're doing the parking lot thing and he's like so let me if i get this right basically like the same people drag these same trucks around the different places and hang out together and i'm like <laughs> um yeah pretty much and he's like okay and i was like i mean we all have the common thread of the trucks but it ends sure. up being about the, you know it's more about hanging out with the people especially you only get to see these guys maybe once twice a year so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think after I explained it to him that way, he understood it a little better. But yeah, going back in, into like the 80s and 90s, and I'm riding my BMX bike around the local custard stand would have a cruise in. And there were a couple of trucks that, you know, I hear everybody on the podcast telling these stories too of like, you know, the truck in the neighborhood or their buddy's older brother that had whatever truck. And that's kind of how it was for me. Uh, my, my one buddy, JT, his dad had a body shop and he had a square S10 and uh, they cut the roof off and shaved everything and it had molded ground effects. And it was the first thing I ever saw that was adjustable. His dad was kind of a, just a, 
I don't know, MacGyver kind of. And it was it was very early before that was common, at least on the East Coast. And he had it on air shocks all the way around with compress- compressors and a tank. And I, would, and I remember, like, he laid it out, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, couldn't believe it. Yeah, it just is etched in your mind. And it's ironic because, you know, talking about, like, the topless S10s and stuff. Like, if you think back to Mini Nats this year, there were a couple of squares. And I posted a video the other day of one that was, like, a really cool, like, a wasn't blue, but it was, like, a between blue and, like, a seafoam green kind of darker color. And it seemed like some younger dudes were cruising it. And I thought to myself, like, back, I'm not going to say everyone, but back in the day, a lot of times, you know, the stuff was, like, frowned upon. Like, older guys were like, oh, you know, convertible truck, these lowrider kids, whatever. And sure, I still see some of that now on social media, right? Because people live anywhere in the world. They're commenting, ah, that's dumb. You know, wheels look stupid, whatever, right? But... What's cool, though, is now, like, it almost, it doesn't matter what you have. Like, if you go to a cruising, like, I'll go to the local one that we have here in Florida and bring the Lincoln, and even though it's low, people look at it and go, man, that's that's really cool, and it reminds me of, like, Boys in the Hood or Lowrider or something like that. When I saw those S10s that were topless at Mini Nats this year, uh, and there was the, there were some girls, young girls driving the Isuzu that was topless, like... To me, it seems like th- they can get thumbs up more so than maybe even back 30 years ago. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, my good friend Dan Baker, who now owns Alumacraft, he builds – I say he builds street rug grills, but he builds all kinds of cool stuff. He actually just did a grill for uh, Josh Rowan's Suburban. Oh, nice. But, um, he was one of them too. He grew up – his dad was always building street rods and VWs, and he had – uh, a really cool hard body way back then with like the molded ground effects. It was like white and peach with a scallop kind of job and stuff. So yeah, as a, as a 14, 15 year old kid, that's, that stuff just definitely etched in my mind. Yeah. And I always forget the term. Uh, I think it was, it just slipped my mind. Remember back in like the late nineties, early two thousands when air ride technologies came out with the shock waves. I always forget that. And I, I, I remember when a lot of, I don't want to say, certainly not everyone, but a lot of older guys would like frown upon air suspension and, oh, they're low riders and, you know, they're hydraulics and they're bouncing around and all that crap. But then when air ride technologies came out with the shock waves and these, these manifolds that were kind of like bringing the air valves all together and stuff, you started to see a little bit of change. And I always reinforce now, it's crazy. You know this when you go to SEMA or we'll talk later about Grand National Roadster Show. You can't go anywhere without seeing something that's flat on the ground. Yeah, it, those guys, um, whether they want to admit it or not, we may have started taking our cues from them. I say we, many truckers, not myself, but like 70s and 80s. But when that stuff started changing, they started taking some cues from us, whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> right. Yeah, I totally 100% agree with you there. Now, several years back... We had met at East Tennessee Showdown, and I want to give a shout out to those guys. Um, you know, that's a show that many of the listeners, um, you guys know, um, based upon you know listening to the podcast. Um, if you want more information, it's EastTNShowdown.com. So TN for Tennessee short. But we met there a few years ago, and we started you know chopping it up and whatnot. And you kind of mentioned the Blazer and things like that. Do you mind talking about maybe some of those early trucks, a couple of them that you had, or, or some of your early stuff that you that really got you into it? Yeah, uh, when I was in high school, my dad. Well, when I was eight, my dad bought a, a brand new '84 SN, um, just a complete four-cylinder four-speed base truck, and 
I, I just fell in love with that thing. I would wash it and, you know, put my BMX stickers on the window and stuff. And then eventually later on, he got a, a four-wheel drive extended cab S10. And then he, that was when I was about 16, 17, and he had a company truck. So I basically confiscated that truck right. and put graphics and stuff on it. I, like, de-chromed it, painted the bumpers, and I actually did graphics on that truck when I was a senior in high school as a art project and got a grade on it. Damn. But, yeah, so I don't know. S10's just kind of, I don't know. From the beginning, that's kind of where my heart went, but... Yeah, and then the blazer that you have, there was some backstory on it because, like you, you had it right, and then you you sold it or something. Then you reacquired it. Is that do I have yeah. that right? Yeah. So, in like right after I at the end of high school, I got a a tooth uh, a nineteen eighty six B two thousand Mazda that I got off of a for next to nothing off of a used car dealership. I actually traded them pinstriping for half of the truck. Wow. And. uh Worked on that through college and, you know, eventually did get it pretty nice. It's um, really, really nice paint job on it. And obviously at that point, static dropped and had some 15-inch built specialties on it, which was like two months pay back then. But um, MX3 seats and stuff in it. And uh, I was that one, I was just washing it in the front yard. And this kid just came over and was like, what's it take to buy it? And I gave him the go away price. And he came back two hours later with his mom and static. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but, um, so that was that one. And then the blazer, my buddy, Chris, his dad was like, Hey, I want a four door two wheel drive blazer. Well, that's a tall order up here. There's nothing two wheel drive up here. And, uh, so we back, back then it was like auto trader. So we're scouring the auto trader and we found one in West Virginia. We went down and he brought it back and he did some stuff to it. A little bit of performance stuff, some, uh, headers, he static dropped it, put some 17s on it. And he just dailied it for a couple years, and uh, then he traded it in at the local Chevy dealership, and it sat there for a little bit, and they couldn't give it away. Like, just up here, the, it's nobody wants anything two-wheel drive, and so I went out and made him a lowball, and, uh, and I bought it, and then sort of went from there with it, like – the first year I showed it, I just had some hand. I just uh, got rid of all the chrome. I re whited everything out, put some hand painted graphics on it. Um, I, I bagged it that first winter that I had it. Mm -hmm. um, my buddy, <clears throat> my buddy Mike had a body shop, and he had a frame table that he wasn't using, so he let me in there for the winter. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm not a fabricator. I'm not a mechanic. I definitely couldn't afford to pay somebody else to do it. But that winter. There's a local hot rod guy here. His name is Dick Cooney, and he was in there working on a 32 Ford all winter. And so I would just get under there and cut up a bunch of metal and put it together with magnets and then go get him and be like, what do you think about this? And he'd be like, this angle's wrong. This sucks. This sucks. I'd <laughs> cut, up, cut up a bunch more metal and put it back together with magnets. I did that a few times until I got his stamp of approval, and then Mike welded it all together for me. And that was probably in 90 seven-ish yeah so you were getting um, your hands kind of dirty and learning a little bit as well you know like trying to move the project ahead and i'm not i'm not a mechanic by any means i'm not a fabricator by any means i'm a cosmetics guy i'm a paint guy um but uh yeah i mean you know i was a kid it didn't have didn't have the money to pay somebody else to do it so figured it out and honestly all that stuff that i made back then is still on the truck but then, that, so I sort of took. And I had a. We did audio in it that year, and I borrowed a set of. Uh, I had seventeen-inch niche runners on it, 
and I rolled it like that for a summer, did some shows, did like uh, East Coast Nationals in Richmond, did some shows in Winchester, Seaside Heights, Carlisle, obviously, we always did. And uh, and then the following winter, I took it into, I was working at another, like, basically a shop that does what I do now. Mm-hmm. And the guy that owned it uh, was super cool, and he had a paint booth, and he let me, you know, work on, on my truck in there. So over that winter... Jeff Volker, he's a big C10 guy now. It's he's mm-hmm. at Lethal, Lethal CX, and uh, but we've been friends ever since back then, and we traded labor. I, I did graphics on his blazer. He shaved my door handles, French my antenna, in, and then I got it back in the booth at the at the shop where I was working and painted it that winter, and it pretty much stay is like that now. But yeah, in uh, in two thousand some life things happened and I ended up moving to uh, Denver for a year Mm -hmm. and I sold, so I sold it in the fall of 2000 and fast forward 2018. uh, I I was able to get it back. It was in Maine. Wow. Yeah. Cause I remember the board that you had, it was at mini nets 2000, right? To put the line in the sand there, you sell it around that fall later in the year. Do you think that it stayed with the same person all that time? So I can I kind of know the story. I sold it to a kid named Ben. Uh, he was in the Boston area, and he actually brought it back. He changed the wheels. I had 17 inch um, built specialties GT 53s, and he changed them out to 18 inch um, Coddingtons, um, the the same ones that are on Chicks Ride actually. And he actually shaved the taillights. When I had it, the taillights were still stock, but he had it at Carlisle a couple times, and then it sort of fell off the radar. He from what I understand, traded it off or sold it to an older guy a little bit north of there, maybe New Hampshire or something. And um, that guy showed it around some local shows and sold it to another younger guy up in that area. It ended up at this shop getting worked on. And like the guy had it in, it was around 2015. I saw it on eBay. Mm-hmm. And I and I got the messaging with him. We couldn't get together on the price, and I had kids and campers and that stuff going on, and sort of fell off the radar again. And then in in 2018, it just it just was still on my mind, and I and I went back in my eBay messages, and it was still in there. And I messaged the guy, like, "Do you know where this is?" And he's like, "I have it." Really? And yeah, and I was like, "All right, send me a couple pictures." And you know, so my dad and I went up there and, and brought it back. It was. I don't want to say it was rough, but we had to, it had dings and scratches and stuff. So we blocked it down, fixed all that stuff, patched the graphics back in. Cause I didn't want to change the graphics from what I did back in the day. Um, and just re-cleared it. So, and went through it mechanically. Um, the kid that had it had taken, it had a bad, a bad spider injector and the kid ripped the top fuel injection and stuff off and was trying to replace it. Didn't know what he was doing. Couldn't get it back together. Took it to this guy and uh in the meantime the kid got arrested and didn't have money for bail so like this guy did uh but uh he basically had it on a mechanics lien and uh so i got it from him and we show up and him him and his guys are there like thrashing trying to put this spider injector in and i could just tell they didn't know what they were doing and I was like, you know, will it air up? And he's like, yeah, it'll air up. And I was like, just air it up and push it in the trailer. Yeah, you're like, I know like, what I'm getting. Just You guys are going to do more harm than good. Just push it in the trailer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, what's ironic is I haven't talked a lot about this, but 
a friend of mine lives nearby, Marlon Dunker. His truck was shot at Mini Nats 2000. It was a blue extended cab S10. Courtney shoots it. I think he shot it when Caldwell's got shot and Tony Audi as Ranger, I think, because it looks like at the same spot. And Marlon had confirmed, I think, those two other trucks were there. So it kind of puts it into perspective, you know, back when your truck was at Mini Nats as well. And the ironic thing about his is he sells it. A guy comes down years ago from New Jersey, as I understand it, buys it, truck and trailer, comes, takes it home. No one ever sees it again for 20 years, give or take. But then like a, about a year and a half ago, it resurfaces and the guy like had it on Facebook Marketplace and like you looked at it, like this was a full-blown show truck. Lots of chrome, everything painted, frame smooth. I mean, a really cool truck. And man, it was like... It wasn't thrash beyond repair, but you could tell like it was thrash to the point that like someone didn't care for it. And the way you're explaining your truck like sounds like it was even in better condition. It's sometimes you get lucky that you can get them back. Like even in Marlins, like if he ever had tried to get it back, it could have easily been reproduced back to what it was. Like it wasn't so far gone. But you can just tell like when people just like ah, I'm gonna daily drive this or ah, I don't give a shit. But sometimes again, you get lucky like what you did. You know, the problem that I've always said with with many trucks, which is this is kind of changing a little bit, but the problem always was that. They really weren't worth any money, so they just fell into the wrong hands because you know anybody can come up with a couple grand and just drag it to death or whatever. That, that unfortunately, a lot of them have met that fate. Yeah, it, it's a it's definitely a interesting point, and and we have seen, like you said, the the values go up. And um, I've often talked about this, and so we could almost do a whole topic on a podcast one day. Is you know I always go back to the story from like oh nine ish. Jimmy had taken my chassis that was completed, had the Colorado custom wheels on it, all powder coated. For the most part, it was starting to get dialed in. He took it to the Turkey Rod Run down here in Daytona. And there was like a grandfather with his grandson. And the guy said like a very um, hateful thing to the grandson. Like when his grandson was like, oh, look at that. And the guy said, probably a such and such owns it, right? And you could imagine with your imagination, you know, just a yeah. horrible word that the guy says, right? And right. I think if I remember correctly, Jimmy said something to him. Or I, it was many years ago. But what's ironic is like when people would look at – and we still see it a little bit, especially with the Lincolns. Like when they're lowered, people immediately go, oh, my God, there must be a gangbanger. That must be a thug. That must be, you know, whatever. But as we kind of said earlier, with the way things have changed, like, you know, you see airbags on TV now, like when you watched Overhaul and in these different shows, right? So there's yeah. been a little bit of that taken out of it because it's like for the long time, I think maybe the word is stigma. The stigma was like, you know, these are young punks, you know, these they're cutting these trucks up. These trucks are like crushers, you know. That's certainly not <laughs> what we have now. Absolutely not. The quality is just ridiculous. I mean, you, you look at... Uh, I don't even know. There's too many people to even point out, but you know the ones that come to mind. Like obviously Jim, everything that Jimmy does, but even these guys like Daryl that are doing it, yeah, basically by himself. I mean his his stuff is just over the top. Yep, and it's uh, it's the the quality of stuff like that is every bit as good, if not better, than the average street rod now. Yeah. Exactly, and you just made me think of when you're talking about Daryl and and just how things have come so far. You know, the uh, so far full circle is you know that was the other topic that Jimmy and I have talked about in the past, and other people, my friends, is like think about it. You and I have even t talked on this. 
you know, back in the day, our parents, like they, you know, the, if you said, hey, what car would be your dream car? It was like a 57 Chevy, right? Or whatever, you know, it could have been a, a plum, crazy purple, you know, Mopar, whatever. But as we've gotten older, like we think back to like, man, in high school, what would I have wanted? Now, sure, some of your friends are going to say a Camaro, a 78 this, whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. Not everybody's going to agree upon the same thing, but many of us, and I know how you feel about the Mazda, the Cab Plus, and things like that. Those were the trucks that, like, really, we were like, dude, that would have been my holy grail. And it's cool that it's gotten to the point now where, you know, we're like, hey, this is the truck that I always wanted, and I got it, you know? Yeah, the Mazda's crazy. I was just, a buddy of mine had a, a neighbor that passed away, and this thing was in the garage, and it's a 87 Cab Plus, five-speed with air. The guy brought it to Pennsylvania from Florida in 95 with 45,000 miles on it, and it just turned 48 yesterday. Nuts, um, man. Just, it, it's just mint as you could be. We're talking with Thad Cunningham. You can follow Thad Icon, just how it sounds, Sign Company, Icon Sign Company, all together on Instagram. and It's Icon, it's Icon Sign Co. Oh, thank you. Okay, Icon Sign Co. And you'll see the uh, Mazda that we're talking about um, with the centerline wheels just looks real good. And I know many of us kind of get to this point in our lives where we kind of just go, we want to relive a little bit of our childhood. And I think that's why there's been such a resurgence with the bike stuff. Now, granted, there's a guy locally, Charlie, he's been collecting bike stuff and contributing to the BMX uh, museum site for, you know, since the mid nineties. But I think we all agree, especially with how social media has grown so much. Like people were seeing these bikes, and you know everybody's got a story about a bike was stolen as a kid, such and such. But the same is true even for trucks. You know, you've got guys on the West Coast and East Coast that are going, "Hey, I want to do a tilt bed. I want to do a static drop. I want to kind of get back to my roots a little bit." And it seems like that Mazda uh, eighty-seven that you picked up is definitely kind of quenching your thirst, so to speak. It is, and I've been driving the death out of it. It's just so fun to drive. And uh, one of my buddies, um, he's not so much a truck guy, but he's got a bunch of Camaros and Pro Touring stuff. And he he stopped at the shop the other day, and he said, "Well, those those wheels, those wheels are kind of retro." And I said, "That's the point. I wanted to make it look like it would have looked in the '90s." Yep. And it's getting harder to find that stuff, which is crazy. Uh, speaking yeah. about the 90s, early 2000s, when we, we got a chance to chop it up a lot at Eastbound Get Down, also known as EBGD, and you had kind of, I, I remember hearing some parts of the story, but you had reinforced, like, back in the day, you took a West Coast trip, maybe even more than once. You want to talk a little bit about that trip or some of those trips? Yeah. So in 2000, um, I had been in Denver for about a year, and... It, uh, the circumstance wasn't really working out there and I wanted to do my own thing. And back here in Pennsylvania is where I just had the connections to do it. So I decided to come back. But before I did, I took a little, I call it West coast pilgrimage. And a lot of the times, like, like I said, listening to the podcast, so many of the other episodes remind me of it. And like the, the, the episode with Dave Shulman about him going out there and seeing crew cut and back then and all that. I'm like, yeah, it's so familiar Sick. as a painter. Cal Concepts and Craig Frazier and Dion and, and, and Kyle and those guys have always been just the absolutely without question the biggest influence on me um, as a painter. And um, so I wanted to I wanted to do that. So well, I actually had a cousin that lived there and I called her and said, hey, like, can I crash at your place? And she said, yeah, 
I'm going to be out of town, but if you feed my cat, you can stay in my apartment. I'm like, deal. Um, so I just kind of wandered around out there for a week, and it just happened to be when Cow Truck Jam was. Um, so I went there, and obviously just like East Coast kid, just mind blown, just it completely in awe. Yeah, because you went around the time. Not only did you get to visit um, Cow Concepts, uh, you've got some photos that you had shared with me and um, one of the older guys out there that you got a chance to take a photo with. But um, like, there's a photo uh, where Craig Frazier, you know, came out and you know took a photo with you and stuff. And it must have been kind of cool. Like, were they they were pretty inviting, I guess, to a certain extent. If Craig took a photo with you, yeah, they were um, in the old shop at that time. It was a little smaller than where they're at now, I think. But uh, I actually drove up there the one day, and they were closed. It was a pretty good drive from L.A., so I dro- actually ended up having to drive up there twice. But, yeah, they had the doors open. They were just all in there working. Kyle, I think, was working on a helmet. Craig was airbrushing a van. You know, this is like pre-wrap. So he was doing what would now probably be a wrap. It was like for a vineyard or something. He was airbrushing like a, a landscape of a vineyard. But super cool. I mean, he stopped what he was doing, took a picture with me. At that time, they had a really badass showroom with like the bunch of the like painted fiberglass fish and jet skis hanging on the wall and all yes. that. Poured me all that. Showed me he had his 61 Buick there. And uh, the Ford, I think, was Kyle's, if I'm not mistaken, the red and black Ford. Showed me all that stuff. And then he was like, man, I'm going to get back to work, but you, you're welcome to chill. And so I just kind of chilled there for like an hour or two and bullshitted with them while they were working and crazy. To, you know, we all put our pants on one, one leg at a time, like they say, but those guys were my idols at the time. I was in my early twenties and, uh, just, yeah, the super inviting, just, uh, really want a day that I'll definitely not forget. Yeah, no doubt. And if anybody has the mini trucking issue with Ryan Fringling House's um, Blue Mazda on it, October 98, they have the open house in there, which was the summer of 98. Now, some of those photos are also available on Sport Truck because they they went to the open house. But I wanted to mention that Steve Nielsen, when he had shared that VHS tape with me back in the day, I've got like video footage from that showroom that you're talking about from the summer of 98 with Courtney there. And of course, Dion and in the whole crew. And it's crazy because like that showroom, uh, in some of those photos is also where the last look motorcycle was like way up, like up in the, and I don't know if anybody, yeah. I haven't went down that bunny truck, but I don't know if anybody knows where that thing's at. Yeah. I'm not sure either. It'd be cool to see it with the truck for sure. Yeah. It would be cool. Um, now something else that I thought was cool I'm looking at some of the scanned photos I took. Now, keep me honest. I believe when you went out there, didn't you also – did you line it up where you went to a show or you just went to some of the shops? Cal Truck Jam, yeah. That's what it was because it was May – it would have been um, – spring would have been May or August would have been the, 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 the first Cal Truck Jam. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been the later one. Yeah, which is crazy because you had some of the photos of like basically like last look – uh, sitting there next to the Toyota, you know, with the kind of the leopard print and stuff. It had to have been mind-blowing, like you said, with those guys kind of being your idol. Then you're getting a chance to see it in person, stuff that you pretty much only had seen in magazines. 100%, yeah. I had got some really good shots of the Olympic Kills, too, that weekend. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely mind-blowing. I mean, 
I can appreciate fabrication and body mods and interiors and all that, like everybody else, but I do just gravitate to the paint, especially back then I was, you know, in my head trying to like reverse engineer how they did it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a trip. Oh yeah. Now I meant to bring this up a minute ago when we were talking about the, the white blazer, we'll share some photos of it, your blazer. What was always cool is you, I had scanned some photos from you of David Caldwell's blazer and, and David's is etched in many of our minds. Like, whether we saw it in person or in magazines. And I always liked it because the windows and it was a two-door. But your white uh, Chevy Blazer, I think, was a four-door. But I think with the windows, the way it looks, it almost looks like a slick, you know, if it was a car, it almost looks like a coupe. You know what I mean? It's slick with two doors, but I think it was a four-door, right? Yeah, it's a four-door, but the handles are shaved. And That's the way they did, yeah, the way they did the windows on them, it, it almost looks the same as like a two-door with a sliding side window. Yep. But yeah, Caldwell's Blazer was definitely, man, at many truck nationals back then, like 98, 99. Oh, I, I just could not peel myself away from that thing. It was definitely my one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, and some of the photos you had shared, like I had some good ones seen it at Showfest 2000, but you had some good photos like um, that I'll share where it, you could see inside the back behind the seats. Of course, so it's like a plexiglass, right, to keep the the fumes out but then you had all the tweed he even had his air tank was two-toned so you know he really ratcheted that thing up back in the day and it's funny that his i, I often wonder if any of his buddies or anybody that knows him or sees some of the posts because i think he's kind of just does his own thing if it ever gets back to him like man you know 25 years later people are still talking about your truck how cool is that that thing was so influential there's no question and the funny thing is too um, in that 2000 99 um, before the turns of events that led me to move to Denver, I had actually been in contact with Jody and was sort of lining up to take this to him to have him body drop. Wow. So yeah, it's crazy how, um, how things happen, but all these years later, you know, you, you've done, you know, you've acquired some cool things we'll talk about in a moment. Now, the other thing that I thought was neat was there was a truck that I sometimes talk about. It popped up in show coverage at two, around 2000 and for those that don't know, the guy Scooby from NC that builds all the crazy dualies. Like he's got the one that's like the Mega Cab Chevy. I mean, it's hard to keep up because like he just keeps changing stuff. You know, he brings it out to Battle and Bama every year, and it's just he, the guy. The guy is just insane with what he does. But you took a photo next to the primered, topless, chopped, f smooth floors right um basically it looked like a four-door s10 right but it was in primer so you know you maybe have to squint a little bit to go okay what kind of truck was it the motor was sticking way out your blazer um july 8th 2000 you took a photo next to it do you remember seeing that thing yeah that thing if i'm not if i'm thinking correct about the same truck i don't think it ever got finished i don't think it did i think someone said it eventually got scrapped or something but people remember like it being pushed across the road like it was really yeah. it kind of went i don't want to say viral before viral but it went um it was like the talk of the town for those few shows yeah, that it, had it, had. it yeah it had like the big sheet metal console that went all the way from the front to the back and i think it was like in guide code or something yeah yeah, yeah that, thing, that thing was was ridiculous I, it's those things it kills me that stuff like that didn't get finished. It would have just been epic. I mean, almost like Lenny Groover's S10 epic. Yes. Yeah. And you think about like crew cut, like it got finished and look at how epic it really still is. You know, Shulman really 
showing that thing, you know, everywhere. But I mean, it has just obviously it was kind of re brought up, you know, brought up to some current stuff in terms of motor and stuff like that. But I mean, a lot of people right. back in the day that could have easily just been, ah, you know what, we'll just scrap it. But certainly, it's lived on way past its uh, its its original existence. Yeah, it's uh, and it's where it belongs. You know, it's just the story about him wanting it and and, and sort of coveting it and tracking it down back then. And yep, you know, this is good sort of Carrie Bewley ish with him getting his truck back and all that. So the stories are pretty pretty epic. Oh yeah. So we talked about some of the early builds and how you acquired the Blazer back, but we had an opportunity back at EBGD. I appreciate you taking the time. We did basically an ODB corn ODB's corner and we talked a lot and we showcased the old crispy truck. So I want to hit upon that in a minute for those that didn't get a chance to maybe see it. But you've you've acquired a few couple trucks the last few years. Um talk to us how the chicks ride kind of went down, how you acquired that Jimmy's Running Customs early on, scraping customs, if you will, that build um that you've looked up to for a long time. Yeah, so obviously Fester had the truck and he made a an Instagram post that had several trucks in it that he he put prices on them and Chicks Rod was like, you know, on Instagram you gotta scroll through them, you can only see the first one. Chicks Rod was kind of towards the end, maybe I think next to last. And uh, I just, you know, messaged him and was like interested and I know what the truck is, if you could just give me a heads up on the condition of it and which he did. And then eventually um he called me one night i was working late in my shop and he called me and talked about the truck for about five minutes and then we just ended up shooting it about mini trucking and life in general for like an hour um and uh and i was like all right man i'll take it and then he's like had sort of second thoughts about selling it which i completely understand and i was like all right well you know i'm interested if you like decide you're gonna sell it and hadn't heard back from him for a little while. And in the meantime, um, Crispy had sort of popped up Facebook. It was an old post, but it sort of popped up. And John Barefoot chimed in that he, you know, he maybe knew where it was or whatever. So I got in touch with him. He got me in touch with the guy that had it. We worked out a deal. And I grabbed Crispy. And then maybe a month, six weeks later... Fester hits me back up like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that truck go," and I'm like, "Damn it, I spent the money, <laughs> right?" And, you know, but I was like, "Man, I, I still want it." You know, if you can give me some time to like move some things around, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry to sell it, but like, if you're sure you want it, you know, I can wait around a little bit." And then that year, actually, Jeff Volker and I were at LST, and uh, we, we were just sitting at the bar. It, it wild wings and fester's like hey i got another guy that's really hot on that truck like if you want it you know i just need a deposit whatever and i'm like yeah man i'll get you a deposit so i'm like actually if i'm not mistaken i think jeff and i actually got shut off at the buffalo wild wings that night <laughs> he he goes to the bathroom and he comes back and i'm like one eye hunt pecking on my phone and he's like what are you doing and i'm like i just bought chicks right i'm trying to send a <laughs> trying to send a deposit <laughs> So yeah, that's that's how that all went down. Um, not, I, I wasn't trying to buy two trucks. It just couldn't turn it down. You know, the thing is just so epic, and I've always just respected that build so much. And 
just was able to kind of sell some stuff and move some stuff around and make it happen. Yeah, no doubt. If you guys uh, didn't know, Jennifer Lacey, uh, she she owned the truck and um, she was the girlfriend of Jimmy Graham for uh, you know a long time. And when Jimmy and Shane worked at Scraping Customs, they started that truck. Uh, there's a couple of hashtags out there, R.I.P. Jen with one N, Lacey, and R.I.P. Jennifer spelled out Lacey, L-A-C-Y. And you can get a chance to see some of the early photos of it. But basically, you know, Fester, as many of you know, he ends up acquiring these trucks and, you know, he'll move them around like you would imagine, you know, like Richard Rawlings says, horse trading, you know, getting rid of this, finding this. And I know... Like that truck means a lot to a lot of people, and it's very cool that you've taken it to a couple of shows. And I think you've even told Jimmy one time, you're like, hey, if you ever really wanted this thing back, I would orchestrate it to get it to where you got it. But I thought that was always a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, going back to these trucks getting destroyed, selling them is is kind of an emotional thing because if I, I would feel personally guilty if I let one of them go, and even if it wasn't the, directly the person that I sold it to, but if it just somehow ended up in the wrong hands and getting destroyed, I, I just would feel awful. So I get I have a hard time letting them go. Yeah, no, I hear you. Did you ever think, and I know this is a loaded question, but did you ever think like you'd own two of the baddest S10s built? Do you think old school and new school? I mean, there's arguments all day on the topic, but I mean, really – you know, the top-notch S10s, it's, it's got to be a pretty cool feeling. It brings a smile to your face when you go out to your shop and you look and you just go, man, those are those are my trucks, man. Now they are. Yeah, and I don't even really look at it that way. I sort of feel like, actually, at Mini Nats, um, I was happened to be at the uh, LCD booth, and there was a, a little conversation going on about, I don't feel like I own it. Somebody else was saying it. I, was, I think it was Brandon Shirley was saying, you know, I just feel like I'm the caretaker of it. And I was like, I just kind of chimed in and I'm like, that's totally how I feel about these trucks. Like I don't, yeah, my name's on the title, but I don't feel like it's my truck. You know, I didn't, other than maintaining them and, and keeping them clean or whatever, like I didn't build these trucks. I'm not trying to take any credit for anything. And I really don't feel like they're mine. I, I do feel like the, the caretaker is, is kind of the, the best description of it. A good way to describe it. And oftentimes I've hit upon this that like there's sometimes, you know, people, they hate on it. They, you know, they hate that someone guy gets a truck, you know, whether he or she has been in the scene a long time or not. But I often think if you, if you break down the dynamics of it and go, listen, how many friends do people have out there that build something new every year, every other year, you know, like the guy in Severed Pony 420, you know, Justin Carrillo. You know, this guy has built a business around building stuff and selling it, right? So I know sometimes it seems like people kind of get jealous or there's jealousy that, you know, someone else is having success with something that he or she didn't build. But I often, you know, challenge people to stop and think for a moment and go, listen, if you have a friend or maybe it's you that builds stuff and you can't build something else till you sell said truck, well, guess what? There's a market out there and someone's going to buy a truck and then that allows for the person to move on to the next thing and build the next truck that everybody's going to want. So, you know, to me, I would just caution people, don't hate on someone, uh, whether you know the backstory or not, if they acquire a truck or trucks in your case, because it's like, hey, you're still bringing them out. You know, you're still showcasing them. And to me, that that goes a long way. Yeah. And I mean, I've 
I've encountered a little bit of that. It's it's pretty minimal, really. There, there's not a lot of hate, not to my face. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I was cutting this blazer up and when I was a kid, basically, in 1997. So I, I'm not here to prove anything to anybody. I do have a couple in the pipeline that um been having, like, life, you know, building a house and kids and horses and everything that I have going on. Um, but I, I do have, I have a 64 Bel Air wagon that, is the chassis done and it's about ready for paint so i'm gonna start getting back on that hopefully probably in the fall and then uh i have a, a hard body too that um i didn't build it but i did the graphics on it back in like 2003 ish and um so i got that and i got some some build specialties for it and i'm getting ready to getting ready to kind of try to push that along a little bit i'm not hurrying it but it's it's in the pipeline Sounds awesome. If you guys can, go to our YouTube channel. It's free. And type in ODB's Corner or uh, Old Crispy or Little Shop S10 with Thad Cunningham. And you can see uh, we were able to produce a video 20, 25, some odd minutes, something like that, with some good uh, B-roll footage, uh, nice little feature. And obviously that truck that we were talking about, Old Crispy, that's different than Chick's Ride. Uh, Old Crispy is the round body S10. Chick's Ride is the square but if you want more details on it, go out there and check it out. Uh, it's a two-time cover truck with street trucks, which is very rare. There's not many of those. And then, oh, by the way, Chick's Ride, of course, mini truck of the year and on the cover. So, you know, two awesome trucks. And we, like I said, we appreciate, I do uh, specifically appreciate you bringing them to show so that we can see them. And I got a chance to really get up close with Old Crispy, and it was awesome, dude. Yeah, it's really fun bringing them out and just hearing the – Oh, I saw that at this show and this year and, uh, you know, never had it. Or I've seen the mag I have the magazine, never had a chance to see it in person and that kind of thing. So it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad that they're appreciated and it, uh, definitely makes it worthwhile to put forth the effort to get them out there. Yes. And seeing it at mini Nats, chopping it up with Smooster was amazing. Oh yeah. That yeah. was super cool. And then Al was out there with his. That was the first time I saw the square body blazer. And that thing was like insane how it sounds and runs and stuff. So it was cool, man. It, you know, mini trucks are often known as, you know, we're, we're like slow and go. But certainly there's some out there that are kind of chopping. And you hear the cam, you know, and you're just like, damn, thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, I've always said that about Al's truck. You can't, you can't overstate the aesthetics on that truck. But damn, if it doesn't sound even better than it looks. <laughs> right. It's a good way to put it. Now, uh, transitioning to a couple more things, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, we talked about shows earlier going to the West Coast, and I know you got a buddy out on the West, but how awesome was it to hit the Grand National Roadster Show 2023, especially with the whole kind of history of trucks tie-in? Yeah, so uh, as I said earlier, my buddy Dan Baker that has a Lumacraft, and he goes out there every year um, for the better part of, I think, the last 10 or 15 years. He's actually set up out there vending his street rod grills and street rod billet pro products. But, um, the last maybe two or three years he hasn't been vending, but he still goes. And every year around first of December, Dan will hit me up. Hey, you want to go to GNRS? And I just always had like a kid thing or a horse thing. or just a reason why I couldn't go. And, um, this year he hit me up and I was like, you know what? I actually don't think I have a conflict. And he's like, if you need a little help, the, spe the specialty building this year is trucks and i'm like all right i'm going and man i didn't regret it it was a blast definitely hanging out just 
so many killer trucks, all eras, all styles. Just couldn't. Have, I mean, I I couldn't thank Dan Moore for for uh, sort of pushing me to go. Yeah, I know Juan had a big part in that. Of course, you and I before we started, like you reinforced, there's a big RA presence in that area, and you just had a lot of good people come together. And it really reinforces, again, that we're all at this kind of age. I, I hate to say middle age, but many of us are. And that is, like, what's in our blood. So it, it's reinforcing, like, we've seen, like, we always joke and say Mini's on the rise. But, like, the truck world itself and the truck scene, however you want to spin it, it's, like, at an all-time high. And when you can have a show, like the Grand National Roadster Show, uh, where they have the Amber Award, and, you know, to, to say, hey, we're going to have a whole building dedicated to trucks and, you know, we want to work back with the truck community. And that, that to me, I, it's one of the regrets I have from this year. I don't have many regrets, but I, I really wish I would have pushed myself and just said, hey, schedule the time, take it. So hopefully I can get out there if they do something similar again. But um, uh, just in kind of closing to wrap it up here shortly, um, I, I know you hinted a little bit about paint and I know you do some stuff with wraps and whatnot. You do a lot of stuff for the mini truck scene uh, with the whole sign stuff. Yeah. And I used to, before I really knew you, I was like, signs, does he paint? Like, what does he do? Can you kind of break that down? Is there any kind of cool story behind that? Yeah, I mean, as far as the business goes, uh, like I said, when I was a kid, I was, you know, I was into cars and I was into art. And it, my, I had a really cool art teacher in high school. He got me an apprenticeship with uh, a guy named Jack White that I worked for on and off for years. And... He got into more of the fleet graphic stuff because that's where the money's at. Uh-huh. People were still coming in wanting motorcycles painted and whatnot, and it just slowly but surely evolved into where I was doing most of the paint work, um, and then that just sort of led to, like, I don't really want to do this fleet stuff anymore, and I got there's enough people that want stuff painted, so I went out on my own. Um, when I worked for him, we had a big trucking company customer, and they have a pretty intricate logo it's like a their name inside of kind of an eagle feathers it's okay. kind of it's weird pretty intricate and they built a new office and we made a really a four by eight sign that was like mdf with the routed edge we painted it to look like marble and then i cut on the bandsaw every piece of the logo out of like a brass veneer and then glued it together with half inch standoffs to give it that depth and that's kind of where the seed got planted. And all the all the years since then, I've been like, you know, I could do some cool stuff here with like these three D and whatever. And I never did it just because time. But uh, when COVID happened, the basically the first thing to get canceled was the Forbidden Fantasy show. And uh, Brian and those guys decided to do an online show. I think basically just to kind of keep morale up or whatever. Sure. And I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, could I do a thing for this? And he's like, yeah, man, anybody that wants to donate anything and then you can just pick your winner. It's cool. So I'm like, all right, the shop was a little bit slow anyway, because essentially they, you know, told us we were going to get arrested if we went to work. And, you know, so I'm like, all right, well, I have this, I have had this idea in the back of my head for 20 years and make it come to fruition, you know? So I just got a bunch of scraps out and started cutting stuff up and, put it together i mean it's obviously back a little bit at that date but it's on my instagram if you check that out yeah so i did it with like a river run theme and um put like a new body like a real new body 20 at that time i guess a 2020 
um, crew cab ranger on it and with graphics and the whole nine yards with like a, a boat in the background and whatever. And, um, ended up being able to pick the recipient of it, which being a graphics guy, being a Cal concepts guy and being an S10 guy, I picked Carl cooling is, uh, no regrets yes. out of Northern California with the star Wars S10. Um, so yeah, he, he was the, he was the recipient of that. And that just kind of, that was the first one. And then I don't remember what the next one was. I think it might've been a camp and drag one. Cause, um, Bill and those guys do such great work with charities with camp and drag too. Mm-hmm. I try to do a, I try to do one for them every year and yeah, it just kind of, it, it went off really well. So like, you know, it's for a good cause. It's fun. It's a release for me. It's like doing a cool job without a customer telling me how to do it basically. Oh yeah. And shout out to Bill and team camp and drag July 15th, 16th and 17th up in Waveland, Indiana. If you've never been, you have to go. It's like a destination type show. Um, hit up their website, which is camp n the letter n drag camp for more information. But no, that is super cool, man. That you've kind of sputtered into this thing where at mini nats this year, I overheard Sean Rose mentioning, you know, he was excited as, as they brought this. I mean, you made this massive, cool piece of art uh, for the show. And a lot of this stuff is going back to charity and it's going to help people and things like that. So it's a way for it seems seems like you to kind of hit on your art side a little bit, maybe to get away from the raps and the daily grind or whatever you're working on, but also to yep. kind of give back to the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's great that it's helping people that need help. And uh, I'm always happy to do that, but it also is sort of a, like I, I told Sean, it's 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 a little bit self-serving because it's 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 just a release for me. I just really enjoy doing it. Um, yeah, therapeutic. I, I, yeah, yeah, therapeutic. I typically, because of my schedule and all the stuff I have going on, I typically am like total. I just force myself into a crunch with every one of them. That one for mini nats, I didn't start until after work on Friday before the show. Um, so it was a it was a crunch, but yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, that just brings me into my kind of my last comment just before I ask if you got anything else is, you know, our 2022 OLP contributor of the year. Again, we reached back to David Magotti and Sean Rose and we said, hey, and those guys spoke highly of you. And uh, there's, you know, there were, there were some other people in the running, which I'm sure they'll be in the running for this year. But it's cool because, listen, we've all kind of had a little bit of success with the scene, whether it's, you know, just the joy that we get out of it. Um, it's the camaraderie, like you said earlier, of slapping hands with the, the homies, the same people we see at a lot of the shows. Um, that's like all the good stuff. So for a way for us to give back, whether it's a free episode of a podcast or in your case, putting some labor in to generate some funds, uh, we can't thank you enough for what you do, man. I appreciate that. I mean, it's humbling to even be mentioned, uh, you know, in the in the same sentences, you know, people like Sean Rose and and Bill and, and Jason Bell and I mean all of them doing great things not only for the scene but you know for the community as a whole and it's it's humbling and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so I guess in closing, I just want to say I appreciate uh, you sitting down, Thad Cunningham, uh, of course, uh, Icon Signs Co on Instagram. But man, anything else you got to share? Maybe anything we left out that you wanted to mention? The only thing that I would like to mention as far as the charity pieces, um, 
there are a lot of moving parts to that, which, like I said, I mean, I didn't, I have to take time basically away from the shop to pull those off. So I've got two full-time employees, one of which is Mackenzie, my oldest daughter, and the other is Adam. And um, they pick up the slack for me when I'm playing with my mini truck signs. Um, I, I couldn't do it without them. And um, also my other two daughters, Paige and Audrina, and uh, my parents, they, they all help to pick up the slack around the house and around the shop whenever I'm, uh, you know, doing, doing the sign thing. So that, and the, the other thing that anybody that knows me well would know that like, I'm not a super outgoing person. So if I don't know you, I don't maybe tend to just walk up and strike up a conversation. So, um, but I want to talk to everybody and hang out with everybody. So if you see me at a show, just definitely reach out and, I'm just looking forward to chopping it up with everybody. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, I heard you on OLP, dog. What's up, man? Exactly. Exactly. No, nah, it's cool, man. I appreciate your friendship. And, dude, um, thanks for coming down, EBGD. Did you get the long distance award this year, or do I need to fight Mike? No, I actually wasn't even close. Dude, I'm going to, dude, I'm going to, dude, if when I see Mike, dude, I'm going to give him an earful, bro. That's bullshit. <laughs> no, nah, I know there were some I, people no, that got, went from I, I, far away. I know. I got the I got the promoter's pick. Yep, which um, is cool. So I got my, yeah, but, yeah, that's cool. But thanks for bringing it down because I think I said in the video it might have been the only time that that truck was ever in Florida. They brought the Blazer back in the day to North Florida Lake City, uh, Lake Lake City. I think it is. You know that was back in the day, the early two thousands. Um, right. But. Um, that was probably the last I could think of something that they built of that stature being down, uh, maybe a couple of full sizes and stuff, but certainly not. I don't think old crispy. Uh, someone yeah, could probably the, correct the, me if I'm wrong. The caliber of what came out of that shop when they were building trucks was just, I mean, nobody did it better. And uh, I, I guess we skipped that about the GNRS actually was that was the first time I got to see in person the stranger, which is Definitely one of my all-time favorite trucks. Yeah, there's no picture on the planet that does that truck justice. Yep. Yeah, it's a work of art. Absolutely. Well, Thad, it's been real, dude. We'll keep in touch with you, brother, and stay on the rise, my friend. Absolutely. See you soon, Jason. Thank and, you. And hold it down. Get that diamond severed. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm working on it. I right, hear you, dog.